Welcome back to another episode of Toys on Tap. This week is another rad artist, Harshmallows. These little gelatinous, sugary marshmallows. They are the defenders of the forest, and they all have superpowers, and I can't wait for more to come out about this story. If you want more from Toys on Tap, you can follow Toys on Tap on all socials, at Toys on Tap. And if you want to support the show, always like and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Rate and review. It's helpful. Lastly, if you still want to support just a little more, you can jump on that Patreon. Patreon.com slash Toys on Tap. Now, listen into this week's episode of Toys on Tap. you're there i think um you're there yeah you're good to go okay cool good awesome dude thank you so much <laughs> i'm so stoked to have you on the podcast cool man i'm stoked to be here thanks for uh, having me man yeah if you haven't heard of toys on tap it's a uh, podcast that interviews toy artists um uh, from all over um we range from like last or this week we have um steven geddes who sculpted the original do back and tauntaun toy for kenner yeah, yeah i saw your post yeah and then uh all the way to like the opposite end of the spectrum of like resin toys and and now the harsh right. which i'm super excited for <laughs> awesome man thank you yeah i didn't uh uh, I, you know, I just started listening to your episodes and they're really interesting. I mean, um, I guess I don't listen to too many uh, art podcasts Yeah. Um, in general. Yeah, I usually listen to true crime podcasts, <laughs> if, if anything. But uh, yeah, I'm getting a little bit more into like art podcasts and, uh, you know, hearing what's out there. There A lot of the artists that are on your roster there, I've, I've never heard of. And then there are other ones that are like super huge. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I like that range. Yeah, you know, I I tried. That was one of the things I wanted to do first and foremost. Like, it's easy to have a podcast if everyone is really big. But it's right. more fun to have a podcast where some people are big. But then I can also get people that are, are like two weeks into this toy making. <laughs> yeah, that makes it fun for you too. Yeah. Um. But before we go anywhere, before I talk to you about anything, please introduce yeah. yourself for everyone. Oh, I'm Randy Kono, creator of the Harshmallows, a group of uh, anthropomorphic marshmallows that were born in the forest out of a response to uh, mankind's destruction of nature. <laughs> Holy jeez. Uh, I got to say, before we go any deeper or anything, you got me so good. We talked about, a little bit about it. All right. Yeah, right, right, right. I wanted to, yeah, clear that. Yeah, yeah your Netflix post. I was the most stoked because it was like, <laughs> oh no, like one of our toy people made it. Like, awesome. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. no, that... <laughs> it's all right. But you got me. You got me. Yeah, I do. I did. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know what that, oh, there's my wife. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was all about exactly. But, oh, no, actually, I do know what that was all about. Like, um, I go to, uh, you know, shows and like little uh, art fairs and stuff to show my work. And um, I don't know, like uh, there's been countless people that ask me, you know, uh, is this a show or is it going to become a show or whatnot? So, um, you know, after I explain to them kind of the backstory and all that and, and you know, kind of let them know more about the specific characters, they kind of, um, you know, could just imagine a show of it. So I just wanted to like make a mock like 
poster or something, you know, like a Netflix poster and just post it up in my canopy at shows and just be like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's coming out this, this summer. Keep an eye out. But, you know, I just put it up on on Instagram just for shits and giggles and just put it out there to, you know, in the universe, that good juju. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Hey, the best of juju. Holy moly. It's crazy because when you look at the toys, um, it was, I finally got to meet you at Designer Con and cool wait did we i'm sorry did we meet i'm sorry we did dude. we did no 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 i <laughs> i i never hold it against anyone at uh designer con because there's hundreds of people yeah we did met you tell me who you were uh, yeah i told you and i i was like hey i'm gonna reach oh, out I'm about so a podcast <laughs> uh, okay maybe okay i'm sorry it just yeah no Designer con is kind of a blur but you know how it goes anyway um and i i had seen these so i picked one up uh with a red beret on and i it was like the the paint jobs on them and the the emotion and like the feel that like the toys because they're marshmallows right they have no movement like there's nothing to it It, like it's a a stationary thing but the cylinder yeah yeah and everything about them makes them feel alive almost and so it's like Uh i get why people think it's a show yeah, cool, man. I mean, that's one of the main things that I I kind of go for is that believability. So, you know, even though it's like really tight, highly cartoony, um, I like to, to have some sort of aspect of, you know, like realistic you know, believability. Like, oh, you know, when I when you look at my sculptures and stuff, I want you to think that or I want you to like imagine them talking and, and starting to move at any moment. Yeah. And it's super easy yeah. with like. They got like battle wounds from being over a fire and stuff. So it's super. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so as a part of this, I always like to dive into the backstories of the artists that are creating the toys that we know and love. So walk me back. Um, I don't know how old you are, but walk me back to your childhood. What kind of a role are toys playing? How many toys do you have? Are you in one of those homes that has like just a couple? What is that like for you growing up? Yeah, so first I'm old AF, <laughs> like super old. Like I'm probably one of the oldest in whatever in the game or whatever. But um, yeah, it doesn't mean like I've done as much as someone my age should have done by now. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. My childhood and toys. Like my favorite toy I don't know um, if you saw the video I did at DesignerCon, but I went around asking various artists what, uh, you know, what their favorite toy was as a kid. And um, if I were to be asked that question, it would, it's kind of a hard one. It would be a, a toss-up between Transformers and G.I. Joe's. Um, so probably, probably some more specifically uh, Soundwave of the Transformers and uh, uh, Snake Eyes of G.I. Joe's. And yeah, I used to play with little action figures like a lot, um, especially like outdoors, finding little uh, kind of, you know, locations for them to do their thing in. Um, that was always fun. I was one of those kind of kids that I kind of uh, took a red marker and painted up my action figures to make it look like they were bleeding. And, <laughs> you know, took the little middle rubber band part off, yeah. you know, to like separate them. And, you know, kind of make it uh, look like they were exploded or something. I guess that's kind of violent now that I think about it. But <laughs> that, that's kind of what I was, that's the kind of thing I was doing with uh, toys as a kid. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everything, I don't know if you remember that toy line called Mask. I don't uh-huh. even remember what it was, uh, what it stood for. It was like an, 
m.a.s.kn. It actually stood for something, but I don't remember. And it was just a group of uh, characters, and they had their own little vehicles, and it was their whole toy line behind it. And I, I really loved that one, too. I don't know. It was just like the colors and the, the kind of vehicles that they had. There's one, I think it was like a kind of like a motorcycle that um, also had like a helicopter propellers, so it flew. Um, you know, as a kid, that's super cool. Um, yeah, but toys, you know, and everything from that to like Legos, uh, you know, Rubik's Cube, never being able to solve it. So having to like take it apart and put it back together. Um, yeah. That's the only way I could ever solve with Rubik's Cube. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I'm a big kid at heart. I get stuff and buy stupid stuff like this even, which is a miniature Lincoln log set. Yeah. So I like to play with toys still, definitely. But I'm not really a, um, a huge collector or really, you know, I don't even know if I'd call myself a collector at all of toys. Um, not that I don't like them or, or appreciate them. I definitely don't have the room for them. Um, and I don't know. I'm just not really a, a huge collector of many things. Yeah. It's, I, I have to ask, you liked G.I. Joe as a kid, so mm -hmm. I have to ask, did you have the aircraft carrier? Is that something that you had? No, no. So I wasn't one of those kind of kids. I definitely knew those kind of kids, yeah. but I was one. Yeah, I was I was one of those that had, the you know, just a couple of the smaller vehicles and stuff, which was cool with me, man. Like, I really would love have loved to have the aircraft carrier, but, you know, as long as there was a kid in the neighborhood who had it, who I could go play with it, you know, and go to his house and play with it. Um, I guess I was happy with that. But yeah, I didn't have that. I didn't have like, you know, the big Star Wars like at at or anything. But, you know, I had I had a lot as a kid, definitely. Yeah. In, in terms of toys and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's and then at some point I'm gonna guess that all of them either got given away, you just grew up and were like, I'm tired of this. Where what yeah. which one? That's so funny. Yeah, I, I remember your uh, podcast or your episode with uh, Death, Death and Strawberries. Or uh -huh. Death and Strawberries. Yeah, and that's actually the one that you uh, mentioned my my upcoming Netflix show on. <laughs> I specifically remember that. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, there was some mention about that, how, uh, you know, it's always like, yeah, the parent like throwing away the, the toys and it's like, what the fuck, when, when and where did that happen? And actually, I have no idea when that happened but definitely my mom threw away all my all my toys i think i saved one um transformer but it was actually from when i was a little older um it was given to me as a gift but i already had that particular character so i just kind of put it away and saved it and it just you know it lasted and i think i still have it somewhere um at my mom's house but that would be the like only remaining toy from my childhood that i have left yeah yeah, I mean, uh, it's tough to, it's weird to think that some of them, for some of us, like lasted this whole time. I've had toy artists come on and they have their entire collection from when they were kids. And that's amazing. Yeah, that's unreal. So um, your pieces that you have and, and that you design have this artistic flair and like crazy art. Tell me about your art background. Is that something that you just fell into? Is that something that you've always wanted to be? Um, like? So uh, I forgot what year it was, maybe like 2005 or something like that. Uh, that's 
showing you how old my arse is. <laughs> but yeah, somewhere back then, um, I uh, applied for art school, actually. And at that time, I was older, even at that time. Uh, so I wasn't like a kid out of high school, but I finally kind of decided that I wanted to try to get into art school. And there's this particularly uh, great, uh, well-known uh, art school pretty close to where I live. So I tried, I applied to that one and I got rejected. So I'm an art school reject, which is cool because like almost immediately after that happened, um, I had gone to this small little art show and I made these little, you know, postcards that you print on your home, uh, you know, your home printer. I just of a drawing that I did and I left a few at this uh, art show or this art gallery. And um, this other curator from another gallery, I guess, had picked up one of those um flyers or postcards that I made and left there and emailed me and asked me if I wanted to be in an art show at his gallery. And he was the first guy who um, ever gave me any kind of like chance to, sh to show my art or even kind of like think about doing that, I guess. And after that, you know, I showed one piece and then he had monthly shows. Um, and so that's kind of basically how I fell into it. I was an art school reject, but then immediately fell into kind of the, um, you know, quote unquote, LA art scene, the downtown LA art scene. And I met a bunch of other artists who I learned a bunch of stuff from. So, you know, I, I was rejected from one, one art school, but then I fell into, you know, the school, you know, school at, at the gallery, basically. Yeah. Which is yeah. like, what a crazy start to all of this to be rejected yeah. and then like it yeah. somehow selected to get back into it. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't. I never really thought about it. And, you know, I always did uh, art as a kid, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I was kind of a fuck up in high school. I didn't, definitely yeah. didn't do art in high school. And I didn't go to college for art until I decided to try to get into art school. Um, but that never happened. So, yeah, I just, um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. I don't remember what I was saying, but yeah. No, that's per <laughs> hey, that's perfect. Podcasts <laughs> are all about that. Awesome. Um, yeah. I'm interested. So between like, what were some of your early pieces? What are some of the early things you're doing in these art shows? So the very first painting I did was a um, diptych, which is if, if someone out there doesn't know, it's like a, a painting, um, two different pieces of canvas or wood or whatever that kind of go together to form one painting. Um, and so uh, it was like of this kind of humanoid type alien guy with a big old head. And he just has one leg. So he's that's the bottom painting. And he's just standing there daydreaming. And um, there was like a thought bubble uh, going in and onto the, the second um, canvas, which was on top. And it was um, him just uh, uh, running with two legs. So it was just kind of him daydreaming about running. Yeah. That's my very first painting that I ever showed in, in a gallery. And I did show or kind of do several paintings of kind of like, uh, human humanoid type characters. Um, I don't know why I like to draw those and paint those. I just that's what I kind of started out with. Um, and uh, later on, I, I discovered a couple of other artists. Um, one through that gallery, and another just randomly, maybe online and through other shows, um, who were doing like very specific, uh, very you know, uh, distinct characters. And and one guy. He goes by uh, Angry Robots. Mm -hmm. He does these angry panda bears. He's an amazing artist. And he, uh, I was highly, highly influenced by him. Um, after like seeing his work, I, I created a group of my own um, 
you know, uh, bear character, bear-like characters. They were definitely not panda bears or anything, but they were kind of bear-like. And um, I started doing those for kind of a while, actually. Um, I always kind of like to create my own characters, I guess you could say. So that was one of uh, one of a group of characters that I tried to uh, sort of, I guess, take somewhere. You know, I, I created a, a few different looking ones. I never went so far as to develop any kind of backstory for them, though. Yeah. And uh, eventually they kind of just uh, were taken over by by the marshmallow guy. Oh, no, no. They were taken over by uh, birds. Then after that, shortly after that, uh, through the same gallery, they do this uh, sculpture show every year. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to one of those shows and I was so, so inspired that I decided to pick up some clay and try my hand at it. Um, before that, I was only a painter. I entered the uh, kind of the art scene as a painter and, you know, I started at that gallery as a painter, but um, because of one of their shows, I decided to try sculpting and, you know, ever since I did that, I never looked back. Like I really fell in love with sculpting and um, I knew a couple of uh, really good sculptors at that gallery who gave me, um, you know, a lot of good tips. Uh, so I started it out pretty, pretty good. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, I started doing like nothing but bird characters. So for example, I would do like a bird, uh, like a bird ET character or a bird like a sloth from the Goonies character yeah. or like a bird, um, you know, Walter White, Breaking Bad character. So I did all, all that kind of stuff. Um, the bird thing was fun and everything, but it didn't uh, really go anywhere, I guess, because I didn't, I was just doing bird things and kind of like fan art like that with the birds. Uh, which is really fun and 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 always you know kind of popular, but um, at at some point I really wanted to do uh, uh, something more original. Mm -hmm. So you know, kind of around that time, I was just kind of thinking of what kind of a new new group of characters I could try to create. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. Dov2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my! We're doomed! Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DLV2! Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! And um, I was taking this one sculpture class uh, with this uh, under this other really good sculptor. His name's Matthew Levin. Um, and I don't know, one of his classes, um, I just randomly decided to, to sculpt a marshmallow. I was looking to create a new group of characters. And um, I really love the name, the Marshmallows, the play on the word. It's, it's, it tickles me. It's funny. Um, <laughs> And that's kind of pretty much the birth of the marshmallows. It's not really anything epic. It just kind of uh, happened. Um, and then, like, I eventually developed their backstory uh, later on down the line. Uh, I would say quite a bit later down the line. Uh, like they were born back in 2014, but I haven't really uh, put a whole lot into developing um, anything uh, with their story or their characters until, you know, maybe three, two or three years ago. So mm -hmm. it's, um, I've been pushing pretty hard 
um, really hard the past like year, a, a little over a year. Uh, I've been pushing them really, really hard in terms of trying to develop their their backstory and their characters and um, seeing like uh, more or what more I could do with them or how far I could take them. Um, you know, trying to set more achievable goals with them or more clear goals and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of one of the main things that uh, one of the main catalysts of kind of kicking into full gear is uh, finally realizing how important you know, actually important setting goals is. Yeah. You know, you're, it's crazy. Trying to think of how to maybe phrase it. Like you don't see very many people that work with toys settle around like one thing. I've, I've seen a couple artists do it, but usually it's like, we're jumping around making stuff, whatever tickles our fancy, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you got, in 2014 you got the harsh malas and and i like when you first started did you think that it would be expansive the way that it is now with the like you have so many different versions of what they look like what what were your thoughts when you first started so my exact thought was that i wanted this to be my uh my commercial venture Mm -hmm. because you know like an artist is someone that well, you know, quote unquote artist is someone that wants to do whatever they're inspired by, whatever, you know, at any particular moment in time, right? Instead of like sticking to one thing. And in terms of being, you know, com- you know, commercial, my commercial yeah. kind of uh, uh, project or venture, you know, I just kind of looked at it as, you know, creating groupy characters and, you know, taking it to the level of just kind of like making t-shirts and, you know, books and and and, and stories and games and, you know, in movies and theme parks and stuff like that. That's like the ultimate and like final, uh, you know, dream. Yeah. But and then just anything and everything before that. And um, that's kind of how I've been able to just stick with it, uh, or like not go away from it, or, or come, kind of come back to it. Because, like I said, I, I did create them in 2014, but I wasn't doing really anything with them for quite a while. Yeah at what point there's a point where something clicks usually um with original characters it seems like where you all of a sudden are like this is it and so if you created it in 2014 at what point did it click to where you started thinking like i'm i need to take this further i need to keep going yeah and i I don't know if it was because of i i figured out anything with the characters it was more like on the personal side of things um I was kind of, uh, I don't know, like self-sabotaging, kind of like self-doubting myself a lot. Yeah. Um, which is a huge reason why I never kind of, uh, you know, put it into as full of the gear as I as I probably should have or wanted to. Um, that uh, so basically, uh, I went uh, I went to therapy for the first time in my in my entire life because. And I'm going to be super candid. I went to therapy for anger issues. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it kind of, without getting like too much detail or whatever, kind of like whittled it down to, to being un- unhappy with my job. And, you know, not because it was kind of taking me away from the time that I could do my art. Um, and I don't know, it's just uh, a lot of the things that I, you know, learned. Um, yeah, had to do a lot with actually setting goals and stuff. And um, honestly, once I, when I, once I started doing that, uh, you know, things became a little bit more clear 
Um, and when things become more clear, like you, you have, you could work towards it a lot quicker and, you know, harder instead of kind of just like aimlessly floating about without, without any goals. It's like, you know, like a boat without a destination. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it takes, um, it sounds like it almost takes complete weight off of you in that moment to like be like almost release you to be who you are and do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. I mean, art is like a, is like a, you know, form of expression for sure. Yeah. And what's, what I love is um, the juxtaposition between um, maybe anger and some of the like faces on some of these like marshmallows, like even the one to your left, like such a big smile on that marshmallow. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, I know I love the, the like you know the yin and yang of it definitely like the, the marshmallows are soft and sweet but then you know these characters are also they're harsh yeah so you start creating and you start doing this um usually characters and stuff it centers around just a couple but when you look at your line it's it's not one or two it's so many different yeah. ones so as yeah. you yeah. start getting into this um what is put like how are you able to just develop this world that centers around this and all these different characters and all that um i think figuring out kind of uh certain things helped me to expand the characters um in terms of the the harsh mellows themselves um but i have five main characters and i'm just gonna say like right now that my wife is like hugely like just helpful in, in terms of like coming up with ideas kind of just like bounce stuff off of each other and she gives me like a lot of really really great ideas yeah so um yeah so we we i'm gonna say we because uh, or, or maybe <clears throat> but we came up with the idea that um they're they're gonna have like um specific powers and each power there's five of them so each uh, each character's power is associated with one of the five earth elements because uh, these guys, like I said, were born in the forest out of a response to mankind's destruction of nature. So kind of the whole theme is sort of, uh, you know, kind of save save the trees, save the forest. Um, so uh, they have specific powers, each one uh, relating to, yeah, one of the five earth elements. Uh, the five earth elements are uh, metal, earth, water, wood, and fire. And so they have a specific power associated with each of those and also their color. Mm. um is associated with their with their earth element um and that's how they were developed um and then like kind of just spreading out from that uh like you know for example the main the main uh the main guy is winston he's the leader of the archmellows and his uh earth element is water so his power is that he could uh, control and manipulate water as well as spread uh bring dead tree stumps back to life so just right there, like he could bring dead chief stumps back to life. Um, that automatically introduces a new line of characters, which are my tree stumps that I do, the stumpies. So that's how they kind of factor into the story. And um, so, yeah, like I said, like each one of the five marshmallows are going to have their own kind of uh, other characters that are associated with them. So it just expands the world like exponentially or whatever. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. And 
I, I'm glad that you tied that in because my next question is all it, it was going to be about the stumps. Um, yeah. And not only do the stumps look good and they're painted well as like themselves, but then they're stackable. Which is oh yeah, so like not all of them are actually. Um, I, I just uh, made a, recently made a, a series of stackable ones. Mm -hmm. So all the the ones before that, I mean, you could try to stack them, but they weren't made they weren't made to be stacked because the new series are actually magnetic. Mm -hmm. So they're magnetically stackable, um, but it, it's fun. Like uh, that was actually my wife's idea too. <laughs> it's it was a good idea. Uh, I, I yeah. Think what's cool about it is the story. Again, you're you're still flowing with that story, but you're opening up more and more doors to all these different yeah. characters. So, uh, and then there's a tie-in to um, the mushrooms. Right, right. So they're associated with Newton, whose Earth element is Earth. Um, his superpower is that he could create these concoctions, and he has this magical syringe where he injects it into the Earth, whereupon magical creatures grow forth to help in the battle against the evil human encroachers. And so, um, yeah, he just kind of, the, the harsh the harsh rooms is what they call the mushroom characters, um, are associated with him because, you know, they, they're from the Earth, and they kind of... Uh, or the communicators of the forest. So that's kind of how they're going to play into the stories uh, or into the story is, as uh, uh, communicators of some sort. Yeah. So what are the fa the main characters? How many main characters do you have for the Harsh Mollus? Five. Okay. And it's yeah. Newton? Right. Newton. It's Winston is the main one. He's the leader. His earth element is water. Then his right-hand man is uh, Newton. He's the scientist of the bunch. His uh, earth element is earth. Um, after that is the one and only female Harshmallow of the bunch. Her name is Claudia. Um, she just so happens to be the strongest of the bunch as well. And she was um, highly influenced by my wife. Uh, her name is Claudia, but it's not spelled the traditional way. It's spelled C-L-A-W, as in fall, um, and then D-I-A, so Claudia. And that um, I spelled it that way because my wife had a nickname back in college, uh, which is Claw. And um, she, uh, in college, studied uh, um, uh, metal. Uh, she's, she's like a metal artist, and she still is a metal artist. So that's why Claudia's earth element is metal. Um, so, yeah, Claudia is highly, highly influenced by my, uh, or inspired by my wife. She's the muse for that, that character. Um, she's just really extremely powerful. I haven't really developed uh, her, her power um, beyond that other than just her being really, really powerful. And she's, again, the strongest one of the bunch. Um, after that is the biggest guy. His name is Ken, uh, a.k.a. X, a.k.a. the Executioner. He's um, really kind of laid back. Uh, his earth element is wood. Um, his power is that uh, when he brings his huge axe down upon something, it immediately starts to turn into wood and then eventually um, grows into a full-grown tree. And then the last but not least is Leon. Um, he's uh, the smallest of the bunch. He's uh, a Leon because he's got quite the Napoleon complex. <laughs> he's uh, small but fierce. Um, that's why his earth element is fire. <laughs> wow. 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 That's, that's a, like incredibly thought out to the point where they each have powers and, and they're based off of things. I know that Claudia is based off of your wife and has like those ties 
Do the other ones yeah. find ties to other people in your life or are they just thrown together? Yeah, they're just thrown together. Um, the only tie, yeah, the only tie is Newton, uh, is tied to Sir Isaac Newton. Yeah. He's a scientist, but you know, nothing personal, um, as personal as Claudia. Yeah. And this is yeah. what's interesting is, um, I mean, walk me through this. I, I have seen you do paintings of these harsh malas. I've seen you do, um, I, I have one of the, I think it's made out of resin, correct? Yeah, that's one of the only few, very few uh, resin marshmallow pieces that I've done. I, most of my work is, you know, our one-offs, um, you know, hand-sculpted one-offs one of the kind. Yeah, which, yeah, holy hell, great job with the resin. Um, yeah. uh, so I've seen you paint and do that. Do you bounce back and forth? And then and then tell me about the one-offs that you're working with as well. Like, where do you yeah. see yourself fitting more? Uh, more, more where, like in the toy scene, kind of. Or? Uh, kind of, because you're the way that you are doing things is incredible. Because you're, you're, it's like, uh, like super smart branding, right? Like you have all these different storylines that go with it, and then you do the one-offs, the resin, and you do the paintings. And so, like, where do you see yourself fitting in that? And then, which one do you like the most? I mean, uh, sculpting immediately, like by far, sculpting is always like my love. Yeah. You know, um, but again, you know, like I'm an artist. I like, I still love to paint. Um, you know, I love to draw on my iPad. You know, I love to edit videos. So, you know, as an artist, you know, I don't, uh, you know, you can't pin us down to one thing, right? But yeah, if I had to choose, most, most definitely 100% sculpting. Um, but I don't know, like I just, I've always, uh, after I, I fell in love with it, that's always, always what I did was just hand sculpt stuff. Um, I actually, uh, I would definitely, you know, dip my toes into the whole molting casting thing. Yeah. Um, I won't say I hated it, but I highly disliked it. Um, and the two main reasons were because, um, uh, because I felt like uh, I, I wasted a lot. No, wait, was that the only reason? Okay, the three three main reasons is okay. because I, I felt like I wasted a whole lot, which is is kind of understandable when you're learning how to do something. I mean, I guess that's kind of natural, but I didn't like that. And then uh, the second thing was uh, just the the chemicals. I guess there's only two things. Those two things. The chemicals really freaked me out. Um, just like getting it on my hands or anywhere on me by mistake, or um, also just breathing it. Which I mean, I had masks and masks and stuff, but. I don't know. Those two things just uh, kind of turned me off to it. Yeah, the, the you know, molding and casting thing. I have spilt it on myself, so you're not wrong. And like that, <laughs> like it's <laughs> it hardens, and you gotta like peel it off your skin, and it's awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just squeamish for some reason when it comes to those kind of chemicals. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of silly, but um, I, I definitely wouldn't mind trying it again. Um, maybe not on any kind of really crazy, uh, elaborate piece, maybe some more simple, uh, molds or, or hand casts. Um, and like, I, I, I would really prefer to use a fresher pot Yeah, because it makes them so much cleaner, but, um, I've never been able to wrap my head around that. I haven't done much research, but, um, I think I have to, it feels like kind of a little bit of a, 
a beast to learn. But I, I, there's been people that told me it's pretty easy. I just haven't really looked into it. Um, but because when I did the, the molding and casting, I got so many air bubbles in my casts yeah. that, you know, I then had to fill in with epoxy clay and sand. And, you know, at that point, it's like not saving any time at all. And that's kind of the main thing for me in terms of molding and casting was the, the saving of time. Yeah. You know, um, and it, it's a slippery slope, right? Like you, you start molding and casting and then you think, uh, I need a pressure pot. And then you realize, oh, I need a, a vacuum chamber for my mold yeah. stuff. And then, oh, I need this. And, the, and it just keeps going. Yeah, yeah. It's but, true. Yeah, yeah. Airbrush kit. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, it's cool. It, it can save time if you're really, really good at it. Um, yeah. But you like it requires knowing how air flows in molds and right. all that stuff. It's right. just so much work. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like the main thing is not just to save time, but you know, to be able to make you know multiple of, of a piece and and offer it to people at a yeah you know at a at a fairer or you know more digestible price than a one off. When you are looking at, um your harsh mellows and, and uh, harsh shrooms and all of these pieces, where do you see the next logical step for you is in this creation of this line and, and these stories and everything, where do you see yourself headed for the next step? Well, um, you know, that post wasn't far from where I'm definitely trying to go. So um, that's where I see myself going is um, definitely, you know, nailing down the whole thing more like the story and the and the characters and, and what's going on. Um, and then as well as like side projects, um, you know, maybe like some sort of game. Yeah. Uh, whether it be a board game or some kind of card game, maybe. Um and uh, maybe like a children's book I would love to do. That's definitely on the list. These are just kind of things that are already on the list um, that I kind of, I have to uh, just kind of buckle down and, and work towards it more. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of scattered maybe. So I don't know kind of what to aim for first or to put, you know, my energy into how much energy and with uh, with to put into that energy first, uh, you know. So I'm kind of trying to figure it out. But a really big and important thing to me is um, developing the story, and that's always been not always, but for the past year, it's been pretty important to me. Um, it's just that I am not a writer. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I'm not going to knock myself and say I can't do it. Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live. It's Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. There's way cool artist unboxing. No way. Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for thirty bucks or less. Radical. Collector spotlight. Collectors. Current upcoming shows and drops. <laughs> Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. News from the hood. One hundred percent indie, all the time. That's, That's Toys Alive. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. Um, you know, because I'm creative, but yeah, I'm not a writer by, by trade or anything. But, you know, that's not my strong suit. Um, 
So I think it would be wise to link up with someone who whose strong suit that is. Yeah. And and as a matter of fact, I actually did do that. Um, I met a fellow at one of my shows, uh, and he was actually a uh, a two-time Emmy-nominated animation writer, and he was digging the harsh, or he is digging the harsh melons, and he, you know, I just randomly said like, oh, hey, yeah, we should work together. After he told me he was an animation writer, um, I told him that I just, uh, you know, off the cuff comment, and uh, he kind of looked at me funny, and. We we eventually we got together and, and he was digging it to the point of really um, being into and um, down to help me out uh, in terms of writing, you know, writing the story and then developing the whole thing and even pitching it somewhere. Um, but as 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 you know, apparently is the case sometimes it falls through and it wasn't on the fault of anyone in particular. I just just like you know situations and stuff like that. But you know I kind of let a few people know about that and it made me think about the whole you know talking you know like talking too much about something like you know telling people too much about something instead of yeah. showing them um it's like you know oh i want to manifest it right and put it out there into the universe but it's also like what you put out there is not something that maybe everyone wants and or wants for you necessarily um i don't know there may be some like negative energy coming back on that which might have sabotaged it but whatever like it didn't work out but yeah. i do know for a fact that there was the two-time emmy nominated animation writer who was into my work enough or the harsh is enough to be down to you know want to help me write it so you know that 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 that's encouraging <laughs> to know yeah. that at least you know um but uh, you know, like that just uh, backs to the whole the whole thing is yeah. I think um, my main maybe my next goal should be trying to find someone that can help me in terms of writing. Yeah, you know, I and which we got to talk about the post that happened. Mm -hmm. We gotta we gotta explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you yeah. did this. It, it was <laughs> it looked so good. Uh, <laughs> we brought it up earlier. I talked about it with Death and Strawberries. Um, yeah you um posted this netflix style poster on your profile on instagram yeah. and it looked <laughs> it looked good enough for me to say oh my <laughs> gosh this is real um here is the problem that i ran into for everyone listening i didn't see the immediate next post yeah. that said like yep april sure or yeah. something <laughs> yeah and it was uh it was really funny to to really and then i reached out and i was like oh my gosh this like this is awesome um and you let me down gently <laughs> but yeah it was yeah like yeah, i, I did because you were so happy yeah <laughs> and i can see that like you're, you're you're doing that what you're talking about that manifesting right like that is that's yeah. an incredible goal yeah yeah it is i mean it is but it 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 it's you know, I don't like, yeah, I don't think it's unachievable. And I believe in these guys enough to, yeah, to, for it to be a goal. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I think it was also the whole thing in, uh, as far as the, the writer, uh, fellow that I met not working out. Um, I was just like, fuck it, like, 
uh, you know, I've told too many people about that maybe, and that's what happens. So fuck it, I'm just gonna go ahead and manifest the hell out of this, um, just like as yeah. as kind of a joke anyway. But um, and also the whole thing, like I was telling you about the past shows where people, many people were just like asking me when the show's gonna come out. Yeah. So I just uh, the guy, it came on my mind to, uh, to 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 create a little Netflix poster to just to see how it looked and it looked really cool to me. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. And then I was like, oh, should I go like be Banksy and put these posters up in a bunch of, uh, you know, bus stops and stuff and just like create some sort of buzz where it finally reaches Netflix and they have to fucking make it? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we used to, when I was in high school in college, <laughs> I used to steal, um, man, they it's like at a bus bench or those bus stops, they would have these giant cases with movie posters yeah 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 and we exactly, found yeah. yeah we found the screws so we used to steal those nice, and nice. i mean but they're massive right they're like six feet like massive yeah, yeah. posters <laughs> right but that would be incredible to do to stick your yeah. movie poster in there your show poster i i if you were to do this um and like expand do you have the idea of like comic books also being a part of this as well I mean, I would love that, like, but I'm going to, like, again, full transparency. I was never into comics as a kid or as yeah. an adult or ever for whatever. I don't really know why. Maybe it's because instead of reading, I just wanted to play with stuff. Um, but the art is amazing. You know, yeah. I just maybe it was the words that turned me up as a kid <laughs> and, and even as an adult. But um, no, I definitely, uh, you know, graphic novel, I, I would love to see that uh, for sure. Um, but again, I'm not a writer. Uh, or, you know, like, that's not my strong suit. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. But no, that that's that that would be the only, you know, I'm not a, that's not my strong suit. But yeah, I could, you know, I could definitely see it illustrated out, uh, drawn out. Yeah. And I would love that. I would definitely love that. Books, children's books, comics, you know, the whole gamut. Have you seen the movie um, Sausage Party? No, someone mentioned that to me actually. Yeah, one of these these past shows pretty recently. Um, because it's like anthropomorphic food is what it, it's all yeah. about. Um, and it, what you're talking about and what that movie is are vastly different like things. That movie is crazy, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it I feel like it demonstrates that it's possible, like to make something like that and make it doable and and have it out there and people would watch it and be into it yeah yeah sure like and and you know that's kind of already validated in my mind by these all these people asking me if when's the show coming out or is there a show you know already out like so i know i know there's interest in it and it's possible and you know maybe one of these shows seth rogan will stop by my booth and and see them and be like oh fuck we gotta make this Um, yeah so (laughs) yeah um as you look over um all of your creations and that includes everything that fits into the Harshmallow realm which is all that stuff all those different characters stumps everything um and you look over um not like being rejected from art school and being in those art shows and everything. 
What are some thoughts that come forward of how far you've come? What is this, Master? Deep in the darkest corners of our earth, digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has been collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> making a mutant. on Instagram. Join Making a Mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. It's deep. Yeah, that is. That is. I mean, hmm. I don't know. It kind of it, it's kind of bittersweet because, um, yeah, it, it feels like. And just thinking about it, you know, I know I've come a long way. Um, maybe even if only in my technical ability, um, but I'm also, you know, it's been quite a while. Because like I see a lot of these super young dudes, you know, in the game, right? And, you know, they've been doing this for like a year or two mm. and they're already at a pretty nice place, you know, in terms of being out there, getting the work out there, getting it seen, people knowing about them. Um, and that's awesome, man. But yeah, I've been, it's been a long, long time. So for me, uh, but again, you know, I'm, I wasn't going super hard that whole time. Yeah. So maybe the thought is that maybe I should have been going super hard that whole time, but I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, look back and regret anything, um, you know, all that, you know, we'll quote unquote, un uh, wasted time has led me to where I am right now, which is a good place. I'm happy where I am um, because again, I do have like goals and stuff that I'm um, working on and I could see happening, um, which is pretty exciting. Uh, it, you know, uh, it, it's really a cool feeling uh, waking up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday uh, because you're you can't go back to sleep if you're too excited to get you know to get back up and, and do art yeah that's a, that's a really cool feeling that's um man that like it's really tough to put into words what you just said and like how real it is because you're describing like a love for just creating and yeah. my wife definitely has asked me like I'll go to bed at midnight and wake up at four thirty because I'm <laughs> too excited to not yeah. create. And yeah, she's just like, "What? What the fuck are you doing? Like sleep?" <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I guess that's you know that's what's that's what's called passion. Yeah, I feel like fortunate and lucky that I'm passionate about something because you know not everyone is so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as we like start to approach the end of the podcast, um, one of my mm -hmm. favorite parts of every episode, I talk about this a lot because it's it's just one more platform for the artist to say um, what's coming up and plug everything about what they're working on and all those things. And so this last part is just you letting everyone know where they can get your stuff, how they can get in touch if they need to. And what's going on? Cool. Yeah, I remember you asked that, and I was trying to like put stuff together, but I I was I wasn't prepared. 
but uh, you know the main <laughs> the main place that i uh i could probably be found is uh instagram which is at the harsh mellows um you can message me there or just check out what i'm doing uh i have several shows coming up uh the biggest for me of which would be my uh, uh first no not my first but my first at this particular gallery um solo show which is at the clutter gallery in new york um that'll be july of uh, this year so currently working on i'm trying to do 30 new pieces for that and they'll all be like 100 percent hand sculpted hand painted so it's going to be uh, a lot of work but um i've got a pretty good start and i'm starting really early so um, that's that, but that's that's a show in July in uh, Clutter Gallery in New York. I have a couple of upcoming shows. Um, they're charity shows for a really special cause. Um, I did a, a couple of uh, yeah uh, hand sculpted pieces for those. Uh, one is in February, actually this uh, Saturday, uh, February fourth. So this ep- this uh, episode will come out on Monday. Oh, okay, cool. So okay, the one will be after that. But anyway, like uh, that's my my uh, the the most uh, the closest show that I have, and then I have another one in March. Um, but yeah, again, like if you just follow me on Instagram at the Harshmellows, I'll post about all the shows I'm going to be um, doing anyway there. Yeah. So that's probably the yeah where you're going to find the most information is is at, on Instagram. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for coming on Toys on Tap. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you for having me.